Before we get into the show, I just wanted to say from the cast of DND Raw that we hope you are safe and well. The health and safety of our listeners is our top priority, and we want to make sure that we do our part to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, better known as coronavirus, this disease has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes, and cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. For the podcast, we plan to continue releasing episodes on our regular schedule and keep recording new adventures with our characters remotely. You can also send letters to Leuven at dm at dndraw.com right now. More details on that during the episode. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DMs notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you, a Linux fan, Jeremy Kleinons, Ryan Rea Vermet, Shosuro Ajo, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, Mike C., Mosiru, and Ryan Glasgow. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Johnny Torres for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Next week will be Serviceable Plots, episode 50. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, episode 49, Stalling for Time. And with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Kanchu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliffe, the human rogue fighter. <laughs> Last time, the party searched through the now-empty library and found several books of interest, as well as a larger tome that seemed to hold the lies said by mortal beings. Within it, the party discovered some disturbing information, including a lie from Scrib's father that questioned Scrib's parentage. Eventually, the party arrived at a study, finding much more information, but setting off a trap that alerted the palace to their presence. As Valen disappeared in a flash of light, seemingly spirited away by his goddess Sessionai, the rest of the party ran through the library as they shot, blasted, and exploded several deathlocks in their attempt to get away from Tenebris, who was hot on their heels, and as they exited the library to deal with whatever comes beyond. You see, ahead of you, the hallway continues uh, on on the left-hand side. There's a wall that proceeds for about uh, 60 feet before it comes up to a door that is closed, from what you can see. To your right, it seems to open up into a larger hallway or room, but if you start to move, you can see it. I think I'm going to move into the hallway or room so I can see it, because it's so close. 
So as it opens up, you notice a path that leads off to the left, a path that leads to the right, and a partially ajar door ahead of you that leads into some other room. Uh, what you can see through the door seems to be a larger uh, room that has a walkway leading up. I'll go through the ajar door. As you are heading to the door, you see that the there's a soft light emitting from two pillars in the room. There is a walkway that leads up. Uh, you see, like, on a pedestal, a spherical object. It looks like obsidian that has been taken and carved in the appearance of a massive undead head. But otherwise, this does appear to be a dead end. This does appear to be a dead end. You see, uh, because of where you are, that there is a very long hallway that extends off to your left and another hallway that extends to the right that ends in a door. If I backtrack, Tony, if I just open the door, look at this thing like, that's weird, no time, move on. Can I go through one of the other paths? You can easily get up to the door to your right. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. So at least I'll get some more information because everybody else still has to catch up. This room is a room devoid of ornamentation. You see what appears to be freshly dug earth around the top of a set of stairs that descends deeper down. Like this is literally a grave that you are descending into. Like it's a crypt. Yes. I still have my action, Tony, that I haven't dashed, right? You still have your action. I could dash to the other way and check that one. You can just get to the other door and check that other door. I'm using my turn to check all the doors. Glinda, as you open the doors to this room, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. 16. As you open the door, you see chains and tools that line the wall of the room with several glyphs and wards on the floor. On the far corner of the room for where you are, a chair with chains is where chains are hanging from the walls and the ceiling and you see various uh, instruments and tools along the wall, there is another door. Do I have a sense as to why I had to make an in saving throw? You feel something tried to influence your perception. Like it was being magically like obscured? Almost like it could be a torture chamber physically and mentally. Okay. So what you're saying is the torture chamber is currently our best path forward of what I have examined. And just to clarify, I went through the hall back where everyone else is. There is still another hallway. There is still a much longer hallway that had a couple other paths it looked like. And a door at the very far end. I am going to use my earring. Found room with a giant head, a grave room, and a torture chamber. Torture chamber has a door on the other side. All of you hear this. Scriv. Going down the hallway that Belinda did not pursue. So that would take your full movement and at least one of your dashes. All right, I will do that dash. Uh, Scriv, you run past, you see Belinda over by what you assume to be the torture room. Notice the one door with the orb. Notice the door uh, behind that has some earth and dirt on the ground and continue to proceed down the hallway that has not been explored. You notice to your right, looks like it might be like a guard post or something, but there is no one there at present time. And to your left is a hallway that uh, opens up somewhere down to the right and has two doors. One directly across from you, and there's one door to your left. Okay. Even based off of your passive investigation, you think that door to the left might be that torture room. Found the other side of the torture room. There's a door beyond it. Can I check for traps? <laughs> Make an investigation check. 25. You're not noticing any traps in this particular area. And what's down this hallway? Another door. Nissa, what are you up to? I'm just going to move across to where Belinda is. Make an intelligence saving throw with advantage. Not 20. You feel as if something tried to influence your perception, but again, you just look into a room, you see various chains and sharpened blades and hooks and 
stuff like that. Well, can I try and maybe figure out what the influence is? What's trying to push on my mind, maybe, from this room? You can make an arcana check. 13. You've heard of a spell that can influence thoughts and perceptions like this? Phantasmal force. It makes you believe something to be real. Okay. And only you. I'll dash. I'll head towards Scriv then. So you can get through the other door and wind up and you see Scriv to your right. And you do open things up where you notice the hallway continues down. And there is a door at the far end on the left and a door at the right. And then there's the door directly next to you. Akiva. I'm going to first off use my bonus action to teleport 30 feet away from the doorway towards my friends. You are at the end of the hallway. So you see Belinda at the other end. I'll go through the torture room. Okay, so you can get up to the torture room as part of your movement with that uh, bonus action teleport. Make an intelligence saving throw. 17. You also feel something influence your mind, but there's also a brief whisper in your ear. Don't worry. I'll help you with this. Thank you, Shadarai. I'll use my bonus action to dash and go through the door. You can get up to next to Nissa. Belinda, you see Tenebris running around the corner. I would like to go through the door and close it behind me. <laughs> okay, you can do that as part of your movement because this is not a heavy door. So you get through the door and close it behind you. You see the other doors open. I'll go through the other door. Close that behind me. You see you are in this hallway. Uh, can I scurry ahead to the next door we have not explored? Which one? The one that you're right next to or the two at the end of the hallway? I'll open the one right next to us first. It opens up into a hallway that has a ramp upwards, and then it seems to end at a plain wall that then extends off to the right. Okay, I'm going to go down the hall to the other two doors, because everyone else is near these and could look at them if need be. So you'll go up to that door, which is the first one, the one on your right, and you look inside. Make an intelligent saving throw for me, please. 19. You open the door, and you see a small room with a massive swirling vortex in the center. A vortex of what? It's just utter darkness. You hear slight whispers. Like what are they saying? They're a little unintelligible, but they sound like they're in pain. I don't want any part of that. I will go on to the next door. <laughs> you find a massive open staircase that descends downward. I'll tell you what, I found the stairs down. <laughs> I guess I could fly out and see if I could follow where the stairs are going. So the stairs go in like all sorts of weird angles and directions, but you can look straight down the center of them because they all overall hug the walls. Yes. Okay. I will do that. We're choosing to fly downward. Yes. Okay. Belinda, you reach all the way to the bottom. As you hit the bottom, you do pass by a door about 30 feet down. At the bottom, you find the hallway that leads off to the left. And as you are arriving towards the bottom, you hear some commotion coming from the room where everyone else is. I hear commotion, which we were expecting there would be some commotion. Yes, because they have mentioned that the they have had people coming through. So it sounds like there is fighting coming. And we need two hours of stalling and we've stalled about 30 seconds. You've stalled a couple of minutes. All right. Well, I'll communicate through the earring. Um, I found the stairs down, made it all the way down outside the room. There is a commotion going on where they should be performing the ritual. So I'm going to pull you out of initiative because essentially you've broken line of sight on Tenebris. So I just need to know overall, what are you guys doing? Belinda, you're kind of at the base of the stairs. Uh, you know that the portal room is about halfway up. I'm going to tell everyone, uh, meet me at the portal room. We have to pick a portal to go through. Yeah, we'll go over to the stairwell, I guess. Tug on the earring. What about the illusions? 
As you guys are getting to where the staircase, uh, the door of the staircase is, you hear a loud thud from somewhere behind you. So you can assume Tenebris might have just burst through into the torture room. I'll fly up to the top of the stairs to see if I can help anyone come down the stairs more easily. Okay, so you get up there, you see Nissa, Akiva, Scriv all arriving at the, the top of the stairs. Does someone want me to carry them down the stairs? Then you won't be affected by the magic. I'm probably a bit too heavy. I'll start running down the stairs. Yeah, same. I will hold Scriv's hand and we'll just go. I'll offer to Nissa. Might as well skip the stairs. <laughs> sure. You guys start descending down. I need uh, either a int check from Scriv with advantage or one from each of you. Advantage. 20. Belinda, you and Nissa arrive at the entranceway to the portal room. The door's closed as you guys had left it that way last time. You are able to easily get inside. You guys are getting inside just as Scriv and Akiva are running down the stairs behind you. Uh, you just hear some heavy footfalls from up above, but you don't see anybody yet. We burst through the doors. We're all here. Doors open. You see the five portals situated in front of you. Uh, you see the red uh, portal with the door symbol, the green with a single thin blade, the blue with the book, the yellow with crossed swords, and the black, which is a symbol of a throne. So we're not going to the throne room. Definitely not. Not the door. They have magic cannons there and guards. So sword or swords. I defer to those who are familiar with sword or swords. What do you think? I say go with single sword. Yeah, single. Okay. Is it worth trying to make Tenebris think we have gone through a different portal than the one we are going through? Yeah. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, I think it would have to be erasing the tracks we're going to make as we're going in, right? And then making fake tracks. Tony, can I do that? You can certainly try. I will get ready to erase our tracks behind us. Also, can I listen for uh, to hear when Tenebris is close enough to where I think he's in uh, earshot? Make a perception check. 16. So you hear the heavy footfalls, pause for a moment, and then seem to start to descend the stairs. And then, Scriv, you're going to make some fake tracks to which portal? The cross swords? Yes. All right. So, Scriv, roll one survival check. Belinda, roll your own survival check. Uh, we'll do Scriv's first because he's making the fake tracks. What'd you roll? 24. And Belinda, this will be in general as you're leaving. What was your total roll? 26. You guys are fairly confident that as you are gathered at the edge of the the single blade portal that, yeah, he's not going to be able to tell you came this way. And it definitely looks like you have a clear path within the past minute of going into the cross blades portal. And I'll tell guys, just pick one of the portals and let's go. Say like, fine. <laughs> then we hop through. So as you hop through, you find yourselves in the torture room. This isn't bad, though. This is fine. We can work with this. Off in the distance, you hear some footsteps fading. Uh, you hear the sounds of some movement outside, but it doesn't seem to be... Which direction? The door that you initially entered into this room from. Cool. You see both doors, though, have seemed like they've been kicked open. Speaking in a hushed voice, do we hide here, or do we see if he goes through a portal and loop back around again and go through a different one? We have about two hours to kill. I would prefer to go to a room that is not tied to a portal. So we explore and as sneakily as we can. There's one door we did not go through, I believe. Tony, is that correct? There's several passages you haven't gone through, like you didn't go down into the grave. Plus you open that one door that's actually really close to us. It let upwards, so we didn't want to go. So do we follow one of those paths? Yes. All right. We should go quietly. 
So you guys are going to start to head towards the long hallway? As stealthily as possible. Okay, I would like a stealth check from everybody. 15. 12. 12. 21. You guys are starting to head back towards that main hallway. And as you are uh, starting to round the corner, you notice the door at the end of the hallway burst open as Tenebris is walking out of it. Backtrack. As he's just looking around the hallway, Akiva, you understand this. As he just says out loud in Darakul, Where are you, servant of Shudrai? And starts to head down the hallway. So he is heading down the hallway. He peeks down the little side passage to the left. We can actually skirt around him real quick. He's in another hallway. He starts to head down that left passage. Then we would like to go the opposite direction. Uh, how about those stairs that go up? Sure. Anywhere but here. We scuttle. So you proceed up, veer off to the right as a passage seems to spiral slightly upward and curves around and ends at a dead end. A total dead end? A plain stone wall. Can I check for some sort of trigger? One of you can roll with advantage, or you can both roll an investigation check. I will help. So, Nissa, roll an investigation check with advantage. There has to be something here, Nissa. It's probably just like the, the cult. Yeah, this, yeah. I need a closer look at this. 19. Studying the stonework, getting really close. You notice a very faint hint of discoloration on one particular stone. I'm going to point that out to Scriv. Hit it. Okay. You press the switch. Door slides to the side as you see a staircase descending downward. Take it. I'm going to be so disappointed if this leads to the throne room. And can we close it behind us? Yeah. You do notice there is a, a small lever on the other side. You can pull. I pull it. So you proceed down. You see another as you uh, descend for probably a good hundred feet or so. You notice a another lever and another plane wall. Pull the lever. The wall doesn't slide like the one up above did. Instead, it seems to swing open and you find yourselves in the study that's next to the library. It looks like one of the bookcases swings open. This place is the worst. But also, this is not exactly bad news. There's no one in here and the doors are closed. Can I keep track of where the mirror is? It's on the ground. I'm gonna skirt around it and not get anywhere near it. It is currently face down on the floor beside the desk. I'm not touching it this time, guys. Should we take it? Uh, Scriv, you do hear some like general movement outside in the library, but beyond that, there doesn't seem like anyone's close. Tony, can I figure out what that shroud does? Make an arcana check. Uh, 27. So this is known as an air step shroud. What it does is it allows the wearer to hover off the ground, leaving no footprints. They can only hover off the ground. They don't fly. Um, and you can use an action basically to initiate it and a bonus action to stop it. It keeps you a foot off the ground. If you happen to basically be farther than a foot off the ground, like you're actually falling, you're under a permanent feather fall effect. Apologies. Apparently this would have been helpful for going down the magic stairs. Uh, I will hand this to Akiva. Thanks. Put it on. You wrap yourself in the shroud. Akiva suddenly floats a foot off the ground. All right. So 
we are in the office. He could also get here through those stairs down. But he can't teleport in here from the from the portals. As far as we know, yeah. This might actually not be the worst place to just chill. Well, we could just try to hide. The library is probably the best place because it's the biggest and has the most cover. Oh, I mean, there's more roaming people there, though. True. They're still out there. Is there anything we could do that if he did try to come through that door, at least we could slow him down enough that we could get to the library and try to hide there? I suggest one of us rest in the passageway. We use the earrings to stay in contact just so we can hear someone coming down the stairs. That was a bit of a trip. Yeah, that's true. It would give us some time. And then somebody can keep an eye, maybe Nissa. You could climb on top of one of the bookshelves and... Or, what am I thinking? Lazarus. That would work. As long as, you know, he doesn't fly too high and get shot at again. Yeah, I can just have him literally sit in a corner outside the door. And then we can rest. If anything, anybody does approach, I can have him bam back to his pocket dimension. Okay, so it's a plan. It's like, can you help me open the door as quietly as possible? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna really quickly bamf out Lazarus. <laughs> hey buddy, okay, I'm gonna need you to just sit in a corner and watch and let me know if anybody gets close and looks like they're gonna come open the door. <laughs> okay, I'll work with Nissa to just put him in a corner and hide him. So in a corner just outside in the library. Yeah, I'll even like cover him up with books where he can still see, but he's not immediately visible. I would like one of you to roll a sleight of hand check with advantage. You can try. 13. A little scraping on the ground because it is still a... These are all stone doors, but you quickly peek into the hallway and don't see anybody right outside. So Lazarus takes off. Uh, You told him you wanted him up high, but crouched so he can't be seen very easily. Literally just like neck like close to the door where you can see if anybody's going to come to the door, but hidden behind stuff. Okay. Roll a stealth check and a perception check for Lazarus for the overall time that he's out here. 11. And perception? It's five. Okay. You get like a warm sensation from Lazarus that you believe is like, he's got this. So you guys close the door. If I rest, I realize I can get back my my focus because uh, I used it earlier so that I could get our telepathy working again. Our group telepathy. I've been stressed, but I haven't really taxed too much. And besides, sitting in the dark in an enclosed space is kind of my zone. It's true. You love a cave. Okay. Tony, will we be able to take a rest? You are able to take a short rest. Oh, thank goodness. Because... The whites do not come close to the door, but the Deathlocks do, and they don't notice Lazarus, but Lazarus also doesn't really notice them. It's okay. So, yes, you will be able to take a short rest. And now, a brief message from Leuven. Hi, I'm Leuven Cromdell. It goes without saying that I love partying and meeting new people. And, like most adventurers, I also have the good fortune of perfect health. But for the sake of those of us who are more vulnerable to COVID-19, I'm committing to social distancing as much as possible until this crisis has passed. I hope you'll join me and become my pen pal in the meantime. Just, you know, please don't lick the envelope. Thanks. Hey, this is Nick, the player for Leuven Cromdell. During these troubled times, we here at D&D Raw are keenly aware of the importance of entertainment media to help all of us get through. It is in this spirit that we're expanding the Nebrasol network to include sending spells through electronic mail. Would you like to write a letter to Leuven? Well, 
now you can. Please address your letter to dm at dndraw.com, and Tony will make sure your message gets where it needs to go. Thank you. Hour passes. I'm tempted to snag the mirror. Do it. In case we could use it. I'll stick it in the bag of holding. You have the message mirror. Sweet. Scriv, while you are in the hallway, in that stairway, you do hear some noise up above, slight scraping on the stone, but then footsteps recede. Okay. So it seems like someone did come in and inspect, but did not notice any indication that someone had come through. Have we gotten any update on the ritual? By the end of your short rest, you do get a message from Zinevir, Belinda. Had a few waves of enemy come through. They've been dealt with. Continued waves inspect the room. The ritual proceeds as planned. How are your plans going? I'll just say, uh, we are in hiding, installing for time, trying to keep Tenebris away from you guys. Keep us updated as soon as the ritual's almost complete so we can return. So, what's the plan after the hour? How are we getting the sword? We wait for the ritual to complete and then take it from his non-existent corpse? Yes, that would be good. Um, We'll just trust that the ritual completes then. I think it's our best bet. I'm sure your patron will understand. You hear silence. I just really don't want to work with him. He wants something with it. We all know, and it can't possibly be good. The problem is we don't know his intentions, and unfortunately, neither does he. He wants his power back. He wants his memory back. For what purpose? No one knows. Nothing good. He won't know till he gets it. It's very possible it's also not bad. It could just be, I want my power back. I will say, Scrib, this isn't that different from your relationship with Bai. You're just keeping options open, right? We don't know what the end game is. True. Her gift did come in handy, though. It wouldn't be the worst idea to have another uh, powerful entity actually on our side. Yeah, are they actually on our side, though? At least be in their good graces, instead of enemies. So, we're still all on board with trying to get the sword for, let's just say Umbra for now. Keep it simple. But we still have to continue to kill time. Do we stay here? It's worse so far. I think we've stayed here for too long. It's only a matter of time before he returns to his study. He must have checked a lot of other places. Okay, so where do we go? I say we take our chances and go back up the stairwell. At least we're not going to run into the patrols of in the library if we do that. But where are we trying to get to? We haven't explored that one pathway that we saw him come out of after we initially teleported to the torture room. Or we could go down those stairs in the grave. Or we could see what the deal is with the giant skull. Well, two of those things are near each other. So at the very least, we're thinking, go up, go over there. And we'll just have to be responsive if he or someone else shows up. Yeah. Can I say I really preferred it when we had a plan for this sort of stuff? I agree. I would much rather pay someone else to do this. (laughs) That would be a lot more comfortable for me. I know. Unfortunately, Belinda, the way things are going, this might end up starting to be a new norm. No, we're going to solve this. And then we'll go back to doing the things we're good at, gathering information and research. Speak for yourselves, I spent most of my life winging it. I mean, you're still alive. So far, yeah. I guess we're all still alive, which is good. But um, no, I'm looking forward to actually acting on this information we got about what's going on with the deities, you know, the real mission. Oh, that, yeah, sorry. I, I forget about that, my bad. The free stuff has been wonderful. Um, we have that statue that's in our bag. I don't know what we're gonna do with that. 
on a positive note, at least we know Valen's safe. Yeah, he's literally got on to a better place. And we're here. And everything is terrible. <laughs> His deity took him... Wait, what? No idea. It sounded like he was called home, which I think is what he's always wanted. Yeah, it was a little worrying, uh, but I mean, he'll be fine if he's with her at least, I think, hopefully. Dear gods, I hope so. <laughs> All right, so let's head to the room with the giant head. See what's up there? We can check out those stairs downwards afterwards if that doesn't yield any further opportunities or better places to hide. I think that's a good idea. Okay, then. I'll let um someone who's more experienced with this lead the way. Uh, Kiva, thank you for the fly spell. That was really helpful because um, I'm not used to running uh, away from demons. I try not to make a habit of it. Only I've ever done it a couple times. Yeah. I'd like to end this. Stealth checks. 15. 21. 18. 22. Very quietly, you go back up the stairs. I assume close the false passages behind you. Yep. Proceed towards that longer hallway you veer off to the right you see the doorway to the right where the grave was the door is open and you hear voices coming from inside it seems like it's echoing up from the grave as you guys are coming to where the hallway is and start to veer around the corner is where you hear the voices coming from that room you haven't arrived at the uh the creepy head room yet belinda one of the voices is in sylvan and it sounds annoyed and slightly mocking. And you catch words like, we have to discuss things. Uh, you catch another angry voice and a response again in Sylvan of, you are not going to address me properly. Why should I speak to you in your preferred tongue? Oh, this is so interesting. I really want to eavesdrop fully on this. Perception check, Tony? Perception check. 18. One, the one speaking in Sylvan is a feminine voice. There's another voice you hear, a deeper, gruffer voice. Sounds like it might be Tenebris, but you don't understand the language he's speaking. You catch bits of, well, you wanted to find your former master and deal with him. I have information for you, but if you won't simply address me, I don't care about others in your castle. That's your problem, not mine, dear. Uh, how long are you spending listening to this? I don't recognize the voice, right? No. I really want to know what's going on here. Are you guys waiting a little bit longer? Are you going to scurry to the other room? I'm going to keep an eye out. I am not going into the room. If they want to pursue further, somebody needs to keep an eye out. Well, we're kind of like right at the door. The other room is right there. So you guys could start checking out the room and I can keep listening. Basically, well, you guys could skirt into the room, but you're hearing it come. Where the the graves are yes and it sounds like it's echoing up from the grave but it is getting louder like it's coming closer yeah hide we will we'll hide yeah <laughs> we'll talk in the room so you guys go into the room you see the pillars by the way all the rest of you uh just hear people talking you have no idea what's being said i'll relay it telepathically just like the in fragments as i'm getting it so you guys enter the room you see this strange massive obsidian sphere that has like two sunken spots where eyes would be like a carved unnatural looking uh half moon where a mouth would be and the bottom is just like cracked as if you know it's a head it's the imagery of a head but all made of obsidian and standing on a massive pedestal in the back corner of this room does it ring any religious iconography bells to me or 
Nothing particularly coming to mind. All right. Dude just likes large stone heads. I'm not going to be the one to alert uh, people of our presence again, so I'm just going to not touch it. Initial inspection of the room, like this being the central focus, it's almost in like a place of worship. But there is nothing about this that triggers any knowledge of religion to you. Not even evil deities like Archon or something? Not about this. Belinda, are you by the doorway kind of listening? Yes. So you're listening to that. What are the rest of you doing while this is... Hiding. <laughs> All of you eventually do hear these these voices. As they do get closer, they switch to common. Oh, okay, cool. You do hear the now familiar heavy footfalls of Tenebris' boots hitting first uh, the sound of like soft ground and then the stone floor. And he just goes... I have people to deal with. The servant of Shutterai is here, and unless you can help me with that, I have no business with you yet. You won't have to worry about the servant of Shutterai much longer. You won't have to worry about much at all with forces at your gates. This will no longer be yours, but I can help you. I just take a quick pause. We obviously think this is by. Is there anything we can do in character? Uh, you can peek outside as they are walking past the room. I'd risk it. Is anyone else going to peek? Because this will be both stealth and uh, perception. I'll do it. Okay. First roll a stealth check. 21. 23. And then a perception check. That is a 6, which is a critical fail. 10. You both are fairly confident that you have slipped up to the door in such a way that you can kind of peer around just the outside. Scriv, you're being cautious and worried about being seen than you are about seeing what's outside. You notice like the brief glimpse of half-plate armor kind of duck your head back and you see they turn and seem to be heading towards the library. Okay. As you are uh, kind of peering around the corner you see first the uh, black half-plate armor of the ten-foot-tall figure, bony skeleton with the blade of Tenebris in hand of the demon lord as he walks off. Beside him, you see a feminine figure, Nissa. Scriv, you are unable to catch this. Not very tall, long blonde hair uh, flowing free down to the small of her back, long pointed ears, and like smooth pale skin. And as they both round the corner, there is the slightest hesitation in the feminine figure who shifts her head slightly towards your direction with milky white eyes and winks. Do you tell us? Mm -hmm. Can I go peek so I can see her? They are walking away from you. You can see their backs. Because if I could see her, I could communicate telepathically to her. Yes. I'm going to reach out telepathically and say, it's Belinda Walsingham. There is not even the slightest hint of a falter in her step. I need his sword. And Scriv has promised to help with getting it. You all watch as they start to proceed down the hallway. They're talking about Tenebris will not be able to hold his castle and his realm much longer at this rate. When she just stops in her tracks and looks at Tenebris's uh, back and just goes, Listen to me. I told you I can help you and you owe me. He pauses at the edge of uh, the turn to the library. Let me speak to him. You owe me that much. 
You can call him back whenever you want, but I need to speak to him. You know what it cost me to get here. You know what I gave to help you. Give him to me, or there will be worse repercussions for you, dear. Tenebris pauses, turns, and tosses his sword towards Bai's feet, and just says, I'll give you five minutes, then I want it back. I have those in my palace that I want to make sure do not get the chance to leave without becoming my slaves. He opens the door to the library and says, keep an eye on her. As he proceeds in, you watch as two Deathlocks walk up to her and stand by her as she picks up the blade of Tenebris. She looks at the two uh, Deathlocks and goes, I was much more comfortable in the antechamber, please, my way. And in response to you, Belinda, she just goes, just take them out quickly, dear, quietly. These two should be no problem for you. I'll distract. She starts to walk back towards where you guys are, veers right towards the room where the grave was. The Deathlocks follow right behind and don't notice you. We should attack them now. Yeah. Yeah. Hand signals. Akiva and I will take the left. Belinda needs to take the right. Okay. I can spend two points for my occluded mind. Uh, first, what what uh, occluded mind? I'll target the one on the right. Let's make it a saving throw. It saves. However, it doesn't know it's affected. No. So you see it does not react at all. So he just continues to walk with bye. Okay. Let the stabby people do their thing. So, Scriv, Akiva, Nissa. Hi. I'm a warlock. I would like to Elders Blast. Close the distance. Take it out at the ankles. Uh, going up to the one on the right side. Stabbing. So, Akiva, as you round the corner and fire Elders Blast, it hits twice as it starts to crumple. Scriv, you come up from behind it and slash it across the knees and drop it to the ground. Nissa, as you are right beside Scriv, you hack into its leg and pull the weapon down, causing it to fall. It is still alive, but as it starts to turn towards you, the blade of Tenebris comes up and takes its head off. Oh. I would like to catch at least the body that I was stabbing before it drops to the ground. You catch it. You kind of lean forward with it because the body is much heavier than you expected, but you soften the blow as it doesn't smack into the ground hard. I say we take this into the room, please. I will help move the bodies. Are you moving into the room you were in? Or the room by was headed towards? I'm just going to ask her, where's the safest place? Right now, I don't see Tenebris heading towards his throne room if you... And she gestures behind her. Wish. You wouldn't trick us, right? She just holds up the sword and offers it towards you. I'll reach out a hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not take it until we actually get you somewhere that's not a hallway. Yeah. We, I'll move the bodies inside the antechamber. So she begins to descend down into the grave. Um, as you are walking through this uh, tunnel, she just mentioned, uh, just stay about 30 feet or so away from the throne. It has its own innate abilities that like to suck the life force of the living. Thanks for the tip. As you continue down this tunnel, it goes from dirt to bone. What looks like ribs around you. After a while, it starts to lead upwards and you emerge into a larger open room, but facing a massive open maw of a skeletal dragon. It is unmoving and clearly 
completely dead, but the skull itself fills the ceiling of the chamber. Directly beneath the center, you find a pile of skulls on which sits a single obsidian throne. Dark tendrils seem to almost emanate from the throne itself, moving slowly and casting unnatural shadows across the entirety of the room. How much time do you think we have? Well, if your plan goes as uh, expected, I would say you have maybe 20 more minutes. I mean, before he comes looking for this, and I'll point at the sword. Uh, he said he gave me five minutes, but he'll learn something is wrong very soon, and not just the four of you. Do our interests align right now? For the moment, yes. I have no desire to see Tenebris continue to spread his influence. I figured you're a dealmaker. You're just trying to get a deal out of it. Honestly, I don't harbor any ill will. Oh, I've already gotten the deal out of it, dear. I'm simply providing assistance to make sure my deal continues. This is personal for you. She's holding the blade up and again offers it out. Yes, quite. Is everybody okay if I... It's part of what we came for. If you don't do it, then what was the point of struggling so much? Okay, I'll take the blade. You grab the blade. Your kopesh disappears, and the skeletal weapon that you hold in your hand starts to shift and mold itself, first turning an onyx black color. The skull as the, the pommel disappears into just a regular hilt and pommel of a blade as it slowly changes and resembles the onyx black kopesh that you normally wield. The slight difference that on the very bottom of the pommel, you see an image of a skull. As Akiva, you feel a pulse of energy course through you and are instantly attuned to this blade of Tenebris. And as the blade finishes transforming, you hear in your head, Akiva, what sounds like an intake of breath, almost like someone coming back to life. How are you feeling? You all hear from behind you a voice just go, better. And if you look, you see a Shadarkai looking figure, roughly seven feet tall, lanky, with long, billowing black robes that seem to fade off into shadowy mist. Long black hair that goes basically the length of the robes and continues to also fade into this wispy, shadowy tendrils. Glowing red eyes, extremely pale, fair skin, and the pointed ears of an elf. Hey, buddy. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Bye-bye.